You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Villato, joined as always by Chris Flum. Today, we're going to talk about some of the more interesting storylines surrounding the National Football League, but I want to start not to rehash this Wink Martindale saga, this drama, everything that's going on with the head coach, Brian Dable, and Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator who is now officially gone. There was a mutual parting of the ways between Don Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, and the New York Giants, which is going to allow the disgruntled DC to pursue other opportunities because if he resigned the Giants would have controlled his 2024 a destination so now that's no longer a thing and the Giants are going to keep the three million dollar dollars that they were going to pay Wink Martindale but this is an interesting development Chris there's a drama and rumors uh, on both sides that date back a couple months now between Wink Martindale's camp the Jay Glazer report, things of that nature, Joe Shane and Brian Dable at 830 in the morning, having that press conference to get out to the New York media. Hey, Wink Martindale, we want him back. And then they fire the Wilkins brother. All this stuff is happening and people in the media were trying to put everything together. And I feel like we, we have a solid picture of it all right now, but this could also have a, a pretty pernicious effect on, on the locker room if Brian Dable doesn't mend this together because a lot of these defensive players loved Wink Martindale, dude. So where do you want to start with this? Yeah, the, where do we start? That's that's kind of a that that might be the question. You know, Ed wrote earlier this week when the drama was all going down before Wink officially left that yeah, you know, the whole situation is a mess and it is. Brian Dayball's mess to clean up. And even though we've learned some more and, you know, I'm still not quite sure how complete of a picture we have on, you know, of what went down and how everybody felt when and where, because, you know, I, I think the wording that Wink built a fiefdom in the defense and that he was trying to be like a nation unto himself into the, in the, Giants organization. You know, I think that is very specifically phrased. And I think that's to a certain extent, that's what he was hired to do. You know, we've the number one job for Brian Dayball and then Mike Kafka was to fix Daniel Jones, to make Daniel Jones a franchise quarterback. And we can talk about whether or not they were successful in that later. But their concentration was the offense. And Wink, as an experienced and widely respected defensive mind, was brought in to run the defense. So, you know, that that was his job. And you know, 
my and this is not sourced in any way just kind of looking at how at the reporting at wink's history how he left the baltimore ravens yeah i suspect that his ego got bruised when brian dayball went to him and asked demanded however it went down that aspects of the defense be changed and i wouldn't be surprised if he felt some kind of way after that and then leaked to the media through jay glazer that relationship was on the rocks it wasn't going to last very long and you know then as you said joe shane and brian dable did their best on black monday to get out in front of everything but then they fired the wilkins brothers and they did that they they had to know it would uh provoke a response from wink and so you know that's kind of here we are it got very ugly very quickly but like you said for the giants the the lasting implications of this is that it is now brian dable's job to clean up the mess that is job one or job two for him right now because as you said the a lot of the defensive players loved wink you know Adoree Jackson has been quoted as saying like, you know, these guys deserve Academy Awards because if there was friction going on, we didn't know about it. They didn't show any signs of it. You know, there were, there there was no sense of it behind the scenes in the locker room that the players saw. You know, we know Bobby O'Karake came out in full-throated support of Wink Martindale saying, you know, Wink took his game to the next level that, Wink made him a better player, but now Wink is gone, and it was not a gracious exit. It was an ugly exit. So, no, oh, no doubt, Chris. And yeah. I think what you brought up just a little bit ago is is very important, though. That Adoree Jackson said that they deserve Academy Awards. So this could be good for the Giants if none of the defensive players harbored any sort of resentment for Brian Dable, their head coach, through the season because they didn't even know about the friction, maybe it won't bleed into next year. And I'm not trying to portend that that there's going to be this this, this really uh, terrible locker room or anything like that because I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think if Wink, this is why hiring a defensive coordinator is important for a multitude of reasons. If Brian Dable can find the right defensive coordinator, bring him in. The defense doesn't have too bad of an adjustment period. You're still getting high-level production from Bobby Okereke, Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau starts taking a step. Whatever happens with the safeties in the corners, Deontay Banks, they develop. Then I don't think the pernicious, which was the word I used before, I don't think it's going to necessarily happen. I don't think that, that, that will be the fate of the Brian Dable tenure here. But if that doesn't happen, the defense struggles, and these players are not appearing as talented as they did in Wink Martindale's scheme, you know the New York media is going to start talking like crazy, and rightfully so, about why is the defense your Achilles heel right now? And that could be something that makes a lot of these defensive players resent Brian Dable, fractured locker room, and the next thing you know, we have a new head coach. Now, I know I'm going way in the future here, but I just want to at least put that out there that that's a possibility if these defensive players harbor that resentment. And your comment before suggests that they weren't even aware of the fact that the DC and their head coach were at odds with each other. Yeah, and I, I think that this next hire is going to be incredibly important. Like you said, Dable needs to smooth over 
any cracks. He needs to keep the locker room together. They, the Giants did a fantastic job of that this year. They were playing hard right up until the end. We saw that in week 16, you know, the, the Giants were the team, or sorry, week 18, the Giants were the team playing like they were 11 and five and headed towards the playoffs. And the Eagles were the team playing like they were five and 11 and just looking to, you know, book their trips to Malibu or wherever, you know, they, they looked like they were just done and over the season. And that's a credit to Brian Dayball that he was able to keep the locker room together, that he was able to keep the players playing hard. A lot of whom were in their last games as giants and potentially the last games of their careers, like potentially Sterling Shepard. So it is that I think does bode well, but, if they get the hire wrong, if you know the media starts asking, we'll say probing questions of the defenders, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, why have you taken a step back? You know, Dexter Lawrence, why aren't you getting the same kind of production that you were a year ago? Why is the you know why why is the defense not getting turnovers? Is the defense the reason you are losing games? then things could could sour on dabs. And I think that does feed into, I think, the type of coach the Giants should look for. You know, we've seen, we, we already talked about Patrick Graham maybe being the leading candidate, but also the Raiders blocked an interview request for Graham. We don't know who, at least as far as I know, we don't know the team that made that interview request. Yeah, maybe the Giants try to get an interview with Antonio Pierce. I think he could be a fantastic addition to this coaching staff and maybe the perfect guy, you know, New York Giants legend Antonio Pierce could be the perfect guy to succeed Wink Martindale and really solidify the locker room and the defensive side of the ball. Of course, there's also there's a bunch of names out there right now. Leslie Frazier, the the one who, one way or another, intrigues the hell out of me is Brandon Staley, and I actually like to get your take on him because <laughs> he is obviously a brilliant defensive mind, regardless of what happened with the Chargers defense. But Brand, Brandon the Staley other things, peaked. Yeah. He, he was a mountainous roller coaster that peaked really high, and it seemed like he was this, this young dude in his 30s who was going to be the next wonderkin like Sean McVay, only on the defensive side of the football. And he came from the Sean McVay tree, even though it was a defensive side of the football. And then that just was extinguished over the last few years. I didn't love everything that was going on over there in, in Los Angeles with, with the Chargers. I think there was some wasted talent. But focusing on what he Brandon Staley did as a defensive coordinator, I, I would have to try and um, really hone in on that because it was successful when he had Aaron Donald. It was successful when he had Jalen Ramsey and he was with the Rams working under Sean McVay. That was a really talented defense. And they're an extension of the Vic Fangio tree. So you're talking about a lot of quarters, a lot of palms. You're talking about gap in the half type of um, defense up front, lighter boxes, invite the run, have your safeties aggressively fill to, to account for the fact that your defensive line, a lot of the time, are playing a gap and a half, and there's, you're going to be in a lot of four-shell, two-shell type of looks to prevent explosive plays. So that's the defense. If you look at, and I'm, I'm going, I haven't researched Brandon Staley's defense in a while, so I'm 
kind of just going off my memory here. But if you do look at what Brandon Staley, what he had with the Rams with with uh, Aaron Donald, you kind of have that with Dexter Lawrence in a much different type of manner because he's very gigantic. And I'm not saying Dexter Lawrence is Aaron Donald, but what I am saying is you have a top and defensive lineman who can two gap if you need him to, right? Like he, he can execute a lot of different assignments. But if you do go the direction of a uh, of a Brandon Staley, I think Xavier McKinney, man, like that's a perfect fit too, right? Like I think Xavier McKinney's like, I'm a huge fan of his, so I think he could be a perfect fit wherever he goes. But you need that aggressive safety who can do a bunch of different things for you and is very good in the alley. I think Julian Love would have worked out very well in that system too. So I'm open to it to, to answer your question, but it would be a vastly different defensive scheme than what we're used to seeing with Wink Martindale. Yeah, they, I think with Brandon Staley, like the you even just look at the the pieces he had to work with in with the Rams, you know, Aaron Donald and Dexter Lawrence, like you said, very different packages, but also very very good players, great technique now thanks to Andre Patterson, and also guys who are capable of being very disruptive. But then you also have Jalen Ramsey and Tay Banks, good aggressive physical cornerbacks so like there are similar enough pieces there you know the the things i have kind of heard read about brandon staley is that he is very smart occasionally too smart for his own good and i think the after his meteoric rise in you know prior to going to the rams and then the success he had with the rams maybe he got a little cocky a little a little arrogant and you have to wonder yeah is he still that or did he get humbled by the way he fell back to earth it just kind of cratered with the chargers over the last couple years so like i think that's an interesting name to keep an eye on and then the flip side of the whole wink martindale saga is now he is free to go wherever he pleases the giants do not have his rights anymore. And we've got the Washington Commanders basically rebuilding from scratch. Uh, Dan Quinn in Dallas is being talked about as a major, major or potentially major candidate for the Seattle Seahawks, something else we can talk about maybe in the second half. And then, of course, what is going to happen in Philly? Like there's already been talk that, you know, Matt Patricia is just kind of keeping that seat warm and they're going to be moving on from him after this season because they have way too much talent on their defense to play as bad as they have this year. So yeah, it's possible the giants could see plenty of Wink Martindale still, even though he is no longer in the building. Oh man, could you imagine the pressure packages he would send at Daniel Jones? It would be, it'd be like training camp in what was that, twenty twenty two? Oh would yeah, be good. Yeah. Uh, other news I, with I, the New York Giants. I, I would say like, I, I was just to say like, wink scheming that Dallas defense with uh, Oso Digazoo up the middle, and then Micah Parsons coming off the edge, or that Philly defensive front is. I, I would suppose the good news there is that they're secondary has gotten very old very quickly but that's still not ideal other news around giants land mike kafka is interviewing for the head coaching position of the tennessee titans brandon brown 
the assistant general manager under Joe Shane, is interviewing for the general manager job of the Panthers and the Chargers. So that's very interesting. And if Brandon Brown were to accept a position with either of those teams, the Giants would be awarded a compensatory pick in the third round. I don't know, Chris, if that is for this draft or if that takes effect in next year's draft. I don't know when the cutoff date, if the cutoff date is the new league year, would it take into effect this draft? I'm honestly not 100% certain on that, but I, you know, our producer that we do not have, maybe he can look it up right now. And then we also <laughs> have the Giants interviewing Raiders offensive line coach Carmen Bracillo. So um, they tried to also interview the Falcons offensive line coach Dwayne Ledford, who has done a phenomenal job with Arthur Smith's offensive line. And in a smart manner, the Falcons blocked that request. So whoever, whatever head coach they do hire, they want that head coach to at least have the opportunity to to uh, retain Dwayne Ledford. So that's a very smart move on the Falcons part, but it does suck as a Giant fan. Yeah, just in just to clarify on the uh, Brandon Brown note, if he is hired, the Giants would get two third round selections. I believe oh. the first one would be this year, and then the second one would be next year. So it's possible if he gets if he gets hired away from the Giants, which would suck. He's a very very good executive. Yeah, the Giants could have five picks in the first two days of the draft, whether or not they make those picks that remains to be seen, which is again, something we're we'll be addressing at some point. Uh, we'll have to see how, how verbose we get in the second half of this podcast, whether or not we get to it. <laughs> so you're right. It would suck because he reportedly has his hands in the draft and he was really influential in the giants pursuing and selecting Daniel Bellinger. And by all accounts, he's very sharp, but it's inevitable for somebody like this, who has this trajectory, who is wildly respected around the industry. And I would rather him get a general manager job while he's still with the giants. than if stuff goes South and, and Joe Shane gets let go and everything gets blown up, the giants not get those picks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'm, I think that, Brandon Brown's going to wind up in the big office, a big office, sooner rather than later. Just coming from the Eagles organization, he rose very quickly through their ranks. He, like you said, he has he is widely respected around the NFL. And even though some Giants fans are kind of out on Joe Shane and his drafting, the Giants have added a lot of talent to their roster. I think the Giants have more talent than some fans who are kind of hurting over just the events of the season and how all the expectations were the expectations from the previous year were kind of betrayed by the Giants losing a lot and looking really not good <laughs> for most of the year. But the fact is that they've got, I think, a lot more talent than their record says they do. And Brandon Brown is a, he is a part of that. He has been Joe Shane's right hand. 
He has been. The Giants also attempted to interview Chargers special teams coach Ryan Ficken, and that request was denied. So the Giants have been met with a lot of denied requests. Reportedly, Patrick Graham, that interview request was denied until they hire a head guy as well. So it's going to be interesting. This will probably take a couple weeks to, to play out. But Chris, do you have anything else before we go to the ad break? No, just, well, I have to say, just from the aspect of like, you know, the back pages, you know, knowing how they are in in New York, I'm almost glad that uh, Ryan Ficken was that his interview was denied because, man, those back pages would have been cringy if the Giants had had some special teams mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, let's uh let's go to the ad break and then and then Chris and I we're going to discuss just some of the really big storylines going on in the NFL right now that are breaking my heart personally because it just makes me realize I'm getting old. So let's go to the ads. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, Chris. Around the NFL, <laughs> you had Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots part ways. I don't remember a New England Patriots team coached by any other coach other than Bill Belichick. You had Pete Carroll step aside from coaching. He reportedly is going to stay with the Seattle Seahawks organization in a front office type of role. I don't know if there's any other news on that since I saw that report yesterday, but he stepped aside. You had Mike Vrabel fired, and then in the college football landscape, an absolute bombshell was dropped. Nick Saban of the Alabama Crimson Tide retired. So Saban, Belichick, Carroll, not coaching football games. That is the end of an era, dude. Wild. Now, Belichick could go back. Maybe Carroll can too. He kind of alluded to it, but holy crap, man. That's some that's some shaking up of, of the status quo around the NFL. Yeah, it really is. Like there, We call this time of year the coaching carousel for a reason. Like co- Coaching jobs always come open. You know, head coaches get fired. Uh, sometimes pretty frequently depending on the franchise but for those guys you know Belichick and Carroll in particular like that's what 30 almost 40 years of coaching right there and then in state with Saban that's another 15 years at Alabama you know not including all of his previous experience like football I think is going to look very very different in 2024 like this feels like when we had the old guard of quarterbacks you know tom brady uh ben roethlisberger philip rivers eli obviously all just kind of hang them up around the same time and it feels like just wow you know all these guys who were just mainstays for 15 20 years just aren't there anymore and yeah, we could see Bill Belichick on a sideline again, you know, but it wouldn't be the Patriots. We could see Pete Carroll on a sideline again, but it wouldn't be the Seahawks. And that, that would just be weird. You know, we're, we're going to see Mike Vrabel again. And I 
tend to agree with the people who more or less assume that he'll be coaching the Patriots. And yeah, you know, just to circle back on the the drama that surrounded the Giants with the Wink Martindale situation, I read the account of what happened with Mike Vrabel in Tennessee, and near as I can tell, that all started festering and went sour when during the during Tennessee's bye week, he was inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame because, you know, as a player, he won three Super Bowls with them and he said nice things about the Patriots and that struck the Tennessee Titans owner in a bad way and it just festered. And then he was, even though one of the best coaches, I think you could say in the NFL, he was still fired. So like, drama and friction that happens everywhere it's just we don't always get to see it on the outside but and, yeah and th- Rand, this is not to cut oh no I'm go so, ahead i'm sorry buddy you're not to cut you off just because i think this is pertinent well it is pertinent to the to the um a little bit to the table and wink like you said but also just with the tennessee titans like there was a power struggle there between Rand carthon the the new general manager and mike rabel and when you just see the direction of with the, where the Titans were going and what ran Carthon and, and a new general manager group more than likely wanted to do. Now that they had an aging running back who was your face of your franchise, an aging quarterback who got benched for Will Levis, who you spent a second round pick on. Are you sold on him? The Malik Willis thing. I don't know if that's done, but it was pretty obvious that Mike Vrabel did not want to go through a rebuild. He wanted to compete. He pushed heavily to have DeAndre Hopkins signed an old receiver like he wanted that to happen like he wanted deandre hopkins he wanted to try and win a super bowl but it just didn't end up working out so i'm not super shocked that vrabel ended up getting let go but i'll say this man like if i was a team that needed a coach right now these are the types of coaches that shouldn't get fired and only get fired in these types of situations right like when andy reed and the eagles when they parted ways i was like whoever gets andy reed that's that's amazing for them because this is a fantastic coach who shouldn't be available, right? And the Chiefs benefited from that. I think the same thing is going to happen with Mike Rabel to whichever team ends up uh, selecting him, and I think it's more than likely going to be the Patriots. Yeah, I, I just based on what Rabel has said, how the how much respect there is for him around the Patriots organization, that feels like a hand in glove fit. Although, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. And then, you know, Pete Carroll stepping aside, maybe becoming an assistant or a, an advisor, you know, kind of doing what, uh, like what happened in, uh, down in Tampa Bay, you know, a couple years ago. I, I do wonder if maybe that could open the door for Dan Quinn, who is, yeah, he is a hot, he has been a hot coaching candidate. He has been a head coach. He's very well respected. He obviously came from that Seattle Seahawks organization. So then, you know, what does that do with Dallas and their defense? You know, this is going to be a very consequential week. Like this, you know, I have here in our notes, it's like, it feels like breaking news. Oh, we do. Oh, beep, 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 beep. I'm sorry, Chris. I did not want to cut you off, buddy. No, go but ahead. Breaking news right here on the podcast could be the SEO headline. Who knows? The Giants, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, are hiring former Raiders offensive line coach Carmen Brasillo for the same 
position. So a lateral movement for the Raiders who allowed the Giants to interview him, but not Patrick Graham, supposedly. And yes, here we are. The Giants got their offensive line coach. And I think this is actually really important because when you look at the Raiders offensive line over the last two years, Chris, they don't necessarily have these stars all across. So you have Colton Miller at left tackle, but even when he missed time because of injury, that offensive line was pretty damn stable for Derek Carr. It was okay for Jimmy Garoppolo, who tends to hold on to the football a little bit too long. And it made Aiden O'Connell look competent, all while also last season having the leading rusher in the NFL as their running back in Josh Jacobs. So this could be, and I'm not going to act like I know this guy in and out, but just off the cuff, I'm okay with this signing. Yeah, the, the Raiders have had a pretty darn solid offensive line since he was there the last two years. And I would say it's worth noting that he learned under and replaced for the Patriots, Dante Scarnecchia, who like, I'm not going to say he's the best offensive line coach in recent memory, but he's definitely top two or three, you know, like, uh, you know, maybe like, you know, what Coach uh, Coach Flaherty did for the Giants, like back in 2010, was an amazing job. Uh, you know, like, uh, oh, who was the Eagles' offensive line coach for 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 half of forever? Uh, you talking about Howard Mudd? Was he with the Eagles? Yes, I know Howard he was with Mudd. the Colts for a while. Yes. Yeah. You know, again, there there have been some really great offensive line coaches, but Dante Scarnecchio was right up there. That man was before he retired. He was practically a cheat code for the for the Patriots and getting the guy who learned under him is I think really potentially very great for the Giants and one of the things that Joe Shane mentioned is that the Giants want and need to focus on player development young player development like they need to get Josh Azudu on the field as a starter they need to get Evan Neal playing as playing up to what was expected from him when they took him seventh overall. They need to get John Michael Schmitz playing to the potential we saw flashed this year. And hopefully Carmen Ricciolo can do that because, you know, the, like I said, the Raiders are pretty darn good last year. Like they were pro football focus ranked them third in true pass set protection. You know, they were ninth in the composite pass protection score, 14th in composite run blocking. So like for a offensive line that did not have nearly the investment in it that the giants do have, they were punching well out of their weight class. And all we need, man, like that development is the main thing. Azudu, Evan Neal, McKethan, if you want to throw them in there. Those those individuals, we need to get something out of them. Because if all three of those just end up being these like ho-hum offensive linemen, one being a top seven pick and Evan Neal, I don't know how much longer Joe Sheen is going to have if that were to continue. And, and if you can't get anything out of those, like I know I'm being a little bit hyperbolic with that statement, but Bobby Johnson, his biggest indictment, is he, he just didn't develop any of these guys. Like nobody took a step forward. John Michael Schmitz, throw him in there too, because he didn't exactly have the best season either. So it's uh, something that we'll be looking forward to. And hopefully Carmen Brasillo can, can extract the most value out of these players. Yeah, that this is, it, it's almost a little surprising that the Giants didn't interview more that we heard of. That doesn't mean they didn't interview anybody or anybody else, but 
Brasillo, Brasillo? I'm not sure. Uh, I think maybe my my upstate uh, roots are showing with the uh, Brasillo well, Honda. I mean, all in, that. in America, I think we like. I think like Americans generally say like Brasillo, but uh, like he, he's an Italian. Car, I, I would imagine, and like a lot of the C is Carmen Brasillo. Yeah, sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's mostly a double C too. This is just one C here in his spelling, I believe. Yeah. So, oh, we'll have to find out. Wait till wait for the uh, introductory press conference to see how it's actually pronounced. But anyway, I don't even remember where. Oh yeah, I was gonna say he must have impressed the Giants for them to hire him basically immediately. So now my big question is: How does this influence the Giants? offense going forward and specifically their offensive schemes. Like I, I think we both kind of need to dive back into the Raiders, their offensive line, what kind of linemen they favored under him. Just see if the giants, what they're going to look for in the draft is going to change or, or for uh free agency for that matter. Cause that does come first. That it does anything else, buddy, before we get out of here. No, no, I think particularly with that breaking news ending on that note, uh, we're good to get out. We've got a lot to talk about. I Even before we get to free agency, you know, we, we have to talk about the Giants offense. We have to talk about the defense, although it, it would be great to know who's calling that defense before we could talk about it. And as I mentioned before, we're going to have to talk about the quarterback situation, the quarterback position, and just what happens there going forward. But that's for another day. All righty. Sounds good. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you have not done so already, like and subscribe to this podcast and also head on over to BigBlueView.com where you can check out all of our written content. Thanks, everyone, and have a lovely day.